Hello and welcome to episode 23 of A Fit and Able Life. This week we're going to help you get ready for spring. With the warm weather comes the spring race season. So we want to give you some helpful tips to get ready for your first 5K of the year. Now we've staged hundreds. Dozens, dozens, hundreds of races and run in uh, even more. So we got a lot of experience and we want to share with you so you have a good race season this year um, and get you going right. So. Uh, what's the place to start for someone who's trying to get ready for a first 5K after the wintertime? Well, that's an excellent question. And I like the idea with Travis, what you're saying, that we not only stage races, but we've run in a lot of races too. We are uniquely qualified to help people get started because we're race directors, we're coaches, we're athletes. Um, we've been in, on every side of the spectrum of training. So um, we know what it's like. and. Um, I, I have, have in the past been a runner and you're going to be able to follow me a little bit this spring as I start back into running for the first time. I have not been running for several years. So, so some of these um, tips I'll be using myself or most of these tips I'll be using myself. The main thing is, is develop uh, some healthy training rituals and Anytime you ritualize something, the more likely you are to keep doing it. So I always like for anybody of any age, all, before you start any training program, and, and it's not just me, anybody with any coaching experience will say, go see a doctor first, especially if you're an adult, so you can get a baseline assessment of your capabilities and also to look out for any issues that might arise in the running process. And so I, I think it's always a good idea to follow that advice to see a doctor. The second thing I always recommend is that you get new running shoes. We, we like uh, Jason over at Omega Sports in the Crossroads area because he just shows a wonderful expertise for all levels of athletes and uh, making sure they have the shoe that's going to best help them perform well as well as protect their body. So get a pair of shoes and a lot of people say, well, I have a pair of running shoes and they still have a tread on it. It's not so much about the tread on the shoes. If you've been wearing them for walking shoes for two years, everything that's in the shoe that's meant to protect your foot has probably been broken down from just standing on it. Standing in a shoe breaks down a shoe as well as the... Um, as uh, the sweat that you would have on your on your feet too, um, and then start with positive self-talk that you can do this. This is something that you can do. And the positive self-talk is a lot of times people see runners that are excellent runners and say, "Oh, I can't do that." Well, actually, that person didn't start off doing that. That person started off doing far less and and uh, developing a progressive training plan to succeed. Um, so. Um, start off small, um, set your goal and figure out your strategy. Um, a lot of people do just get out and start running. I know that's what I did um, back 40 years ago. Um, I just decided one day I was going to try running and I did and I liked it and I had no real goal with it except for um, getting out and doing it. It was successful for me, but as it became, running became more important to me, and then I started thinking about goal setting and training excellence and things like that. So, but um, start with start with uh, the positive self talk that you can do it and plan a strategy. What do you, you know? You, you must have know what's like as an athlete to set a goal. Yeah, I mean it definitely helps. Um, you know, frame your activity in a way that 
maximizes your chance of success because it gives you a clear end in sight. It gives you motivation you know, throughout your training as you're making gains. You know, if uh, you have a problem where you aren't quite doing as well as you, you want, you, know, you still have that motivation to make you keep going um, and not give up. Um, and I think is generally if you don't have something that you're working towards, there's no, there's, uh, there's nothing to really measure it by. I mean, you can still be making your times faster, um, you know, going a greater distance, but still, I mean, there's nothing, there's not a, a benchmark helps you in so many different ways, uh, you know, and at least on the mental, mental side of the training program. It does. And, 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 it, and not only that, once you reach that goal, it's so exciting and motivating that it sets you up for success for the next goal, the next level. Yeah. And that was really what makes training progressive and racing progressive. Now, just because you're running doesn't mean you're going to be racing. Um, so I think that needs to be said, too, because I hear all the time with novice athletes that they're saying, well, I can't run a marathon. You know, well, you know, marathoners that don't train can't run a marathon. Right. <laughs> so, so the idea is that you, you set a goal and you start with that. I, I also really like, and our training prog- programs really emphasize this, that you're going to be su- more successful too is if you have accountability with a family member or a friend. That right. if you're getting out and doing this with somebody where you have an appointment to meet and go do it, you're going to be more successful. Also, if it's social no matter who is with a family member or a friend, then it's also a distraction to any discomfort early on. And, and it gives you somebody that is going to experience it with you. So you don't feel so isolated in your, you know, training um, aches and pains. Yeah, well, we like to call those people your accountability buddy. Accountability buddy. I love that. Accountability buddy. So they're, they're there to help you keep moving. They're not there to pull you along and they're not there to push you along but they'll keep you going they'll keep you going and, and I really like that um, so I think it's too then you have a goal now as coaches we help people we talk to them and help them set the goal because a lot of times novice athletes don't even know how to set a goal because right. they don't know what's a reasonable goal and so you know a goal might be for a novice athlete just getting out and running a mile and walking a mile three days a week just so to just get out and get your body moving if somebody has really been sedentary for a a long time just doing that is quite an accomplishment um so you know it if you are pursue if somebody's pursuing this i would really recommend getting a good coach and there are a lot of good coaches around we're great coaches but there are a lot of great coaches around um, that can offer advice and help lead you down the right path so you're successful and you don't get injured and you know you have a great experience with it but um the the main thing for uh, for me is that you you have a a reasonable goal in, in a reasonable time period um, by doing that, by, I mean, having that goal and having a success, you'll, you'll keep going with it. Now, training should be progressive. And I know with your rowing, you had progressive training as well. But running is um, an excellent um, model for progressive training. And so you divide your training up into um, training segments. And again, a coach can help you with that. But the main thing is, is you, you plan your strategy. How, how much are you going to progress each week, uh, adding distances? The typical rule of thumb is you shouldn't add any more than 10% distance a week you know, to ward off injury. But honestly, 
if you are adding, you know, just by running three or four miles a week, that's a huge, that's a huge um, increase in, in your lifestyle, your, your, your running lifestyle. So I would just do a few weeks of that moderate distance. Just right. get out, and if it starts to hurt, listen to your body. Walk a little bit. Do, do walk like you've got somewhere to go. Don't you know? Stroll along. You know, smelling the flowers. Um, you know, walk like you have somewhere to go where you're using good body posture, where you're using good body mechanics. Yeah. And then once your body, which you catch your breath and your body starts feeling better, start jogging again. And and it's sort of like a, a interval training with walking and jogging. But it is a way for you to cover the distance, not cause injury and also um, be improving as well. And you'll find that your walking segments are, are fewer and fewer and shorter and shorter. Um, so that, you know, that, that has been very helpful with a lot of our athletes. So now well, you know with some of our athletes that we have that people look at the distance and they get, as I said, they, they, I can't run a marathon. So even when people come to a track and do track workouts and they're looking at a 400 meters and we say run a lap, they're like all the way around. And so even 400 meters can seem overwhelming to people. Yeah. And so the idea is that you try to set aside those fears that you might have about doing that and go 200 and walk the rest of the way. As we do with our athletes, you know, or you know, jog as far as you can and then walk the rest of the way around and then just work with them until they're jogging the whole way around. Um, there are a lot of 5Ks to set as a goal and a lot of people do set their goal as a race, not a distance. They have an event. Right. Some of their family's doing it, their friends are doing it. Um, and so they have a goal. And you need to make sure that that goal event is far enough out that you can set safe training um, you know, objectives you know, in that time. If you have been sedentary and somebody says, oh, let's go do a 5K in two weeks, you could, you could probably walk the three miles, but you know, running it or jogging it, you probably will not be able to do that. Um, and if you can, you're, if you do, you're most likely setting yourself up for some injuries. Yeah. If, and definitely just some aches and pains afterwards. Yeah. And then when you get those kind of injuries, people say, oh man, that hurts so bad. I'm never going to do that again. Rather than it being a, a rewarding success, it becomes um, negative reinforcement for that. So, so, you know, building up your distance, making it progressive and doing intervals, um, you know, where you're doing speed intervals. And right. I know with sprinting, as a sprinter, you did a lot of speed intervals. And, um, you know, with distance running, that was sort of a new concept to me when, I, uh, when we went through coaching uh, training to do speed intervals. Um, and we, a lot of people use a sprinter's model for that. But the a speed interval really does speed intervals really do help you improve your running form and your running your running speed and it's a it's a good workout to do when you don't have much time right you know so because it's it it, it it is they are shorter distances but it is an intense workout and and you will feel it you you will absolutely feel it the other thing is doing drills because one of the things that with any sport with swimming or running um, you know, biking is do do drills so it helps you um, improve your form and your mechanics of it, and it also helps warm up your body. We do a lot of drills, as you know, 
uh, at the beginning of our workouts. Right. And so um, it helps it helps warm up all the joints and tendons and muscles and everything that you're going to be using. Uh, we do that rather than static stretching before um, we we train. Um, it, it does. We feel like it reduces injuries, and there's a lot of um, coaches and a lot of evidence to the fact that it does reduce injuries to do dynamic warm-ups before uh, training and racing. Yeah. Um, and then finally, take a rest day. You know, the rest is important. It's really hard for somebody as their body is improving and they're getting better and it's feeling great that they're gonna do something every day. And it's really important to listen to your body and even if your body is not hurting, to go ahead and take a rest day. Right. It's good for you mentally too to get away from the sport a little bit. So if you have if you if you have to be active, then do something do an um, an active rest day. So if you're a runner, try to go swim or bike or do some cross training that day, um, or even just get out and take a walk or you know just if you have to do something, do something that's not putting the same wear and tear on your body. Um, do something that's actually giving your body a break. Yeah, I think that's definitely true. Um, I always kn knew from my competitive, uh, you know, career, which is you can only go for so long uh, before something's got to give. Either it's going to be your body, or you know, even just mental fatigue from training. You know, you, you want to make sure that come race day that you're in it 100%, and that you, your training was actually helping you do your best and not actually uh, hindering you from doing your best. Exactly. And, 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 you know, and people have a hard time with the concept that rest will actually help you be better prepared mentally and physically for a race. And, you know, and people that are doing distance events, they actually drop off their training significantly two and three weeks out. I know when I was doing marathons, I did my last long run three weeks out and then really tapered back significantly, you know, between then and, and race day. And because of that, I never came up with an injury in running marathons. My body was rested, I was mentally ready, I was excited about the race, and, um, you know, and you wanna be excited about it. You wanna go into it feeling like this is gonna, this is, gonna, this is my day, this is my day to be a success. But that doesn't mean rest, it, uh is sitting on the couch watching TV. That means you got to be you still have to be doing something to maintain your conditioning. Um, you can't just completely come to a dead stop and think that's rest. Yeah, you might not be exerting yourself, but you got to you want to do what's called active rest. Right. So stay on the move at a lesser intensity, um, but you're not wanting to lose everything you'd already worked for. Yeah, and that's an excellent point because people do confuse what, when we think of rest, we think of, you know, bed rest, you know, basically, or, or deep sofa rest, you know, where you, where you have to be pried off the couch. But that's a really good point because, you know, you still want that body coursing through your muscles and you still want to be active and mentally active and mentally engaged in, in your sport. Yeah. So is there anything, um, you know, I get the training, but what helps, um, what other things help make your training very effective, you know, such as like fueling your body and what you're supposed to be putting in your body to be getting out the performance that you want? Right. And you, that's a great question as well, because what, now we're not dietitians or nutritionists. So, you know, to get expert opinions, there are wonderful um, resources um, for 
information about nutrition, but I, it is no secret that one of the biggest mistakes that athletes make is to not hydrate pro properly for their training and their racing. And, you know, there's like a rule of thumb of 64 ounces a day just for the average person. Yeah. But when you're training, um, you really need to increase that volume. Uh, people say they don't like to drink so much water while they're training because they don't want to have to stop to go to the bathroom, which is understandable. That's dis a disruption. But that also means that you're hydrating sufficiently. Yeah. And um, I know people that have said they don't sweat while they're training. Um, but and then it comes to find out that they're not drinking water. Well, that is really rough on the body and rough on the kidneys. Yeah. Um, and highly, it's dangerous, especially around in the South where they're so so hot and humid. Um, that that's actually a really that's a health hazard. All right. um, and so, what I can recommend is, and it's again, it's nothing new to anybody that's been in athletics is to be drinking enough so your 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 urine is practically clear um, and while some people that are not familiar with that um, you know it, it is a great way to determine whether or not you're hydrating enough if your if your urine's a deep gold or orangey color after training it means you just didn't consume enough water and that's putting a lot of wear and tear on your bodies especially your kidneys All right well, are there any other uh, just peripheral kind of training things that uh, runners need to be staying on top of? You know, we got running's obviously the main thing, but are there what other activities, uh, training activities, should people uh, be doing? Well, as a my, I love running, but I love triathlon too. So cross training is always a benefit. Um, if you're swimming or biking, you're getting a lot of cardiovascular benefit. You're using those muscles differently, so you're still training them, and you're training them all around. It's sort of, you know, like eating the apple all the way around you know, the, the core and pre you know, preparing your body all the way around. Um, triathletes are amazingly fit um, human beings. Um, part of what they do as well, and you know, is that. Do, do strength training and that's not only like upper body and legs and things like that I, I advocate strength training and weightlifting you know for the entire body um, I also really advocate a lot of core work now a lot some people do core work every day I don't really think that's necessary but if you do a good, a good set of core exercises at least every other day you're really going to be getting the benefits and to remember that you, the core is just not doing sit-ups and working your belly you know core is your whole pack here that you're yeah. back and and everything and one of the couple of the best um, exercises to do if you're at home and in the you know, and you don't have access to a gym or you're traveling, you know, push-ups and planks are just great exercises that can be done in the length of a towel. Yeah. And so um, I really recommend that uh, that as well. But strength training is, is such an asset and core work is just necessary for anybody, athlete or non-athlete. Yeah. Well, I get any other last tip? I want to recap everything you said, but is there any final tips for runners in training? Yeah, I mean, I think the thing that, you know, people get into a little bit of a rut, even great athletes get into a little bit of a rut, be looking for alternative uh, resources 
to give you interesting workouts, different places. We live in Cary, and Cary has 80 miles of wonderful trails right. to run on, paved trails with trailheads and restrooms and things like that, drinking fountains. Uh, we're really lucky, but be looking for different ways to train, different locations to train, so it doesn't become mundane or boring to you. Right. You know, and it's. Um, shake it up do some distance do some sprints go to go to a track go out on a trail go out on a soft trail you know try if you if you're always running on a hard surface go try running on a soft trail and do some real cross-country work um, try races where they're in different locations and different surfaces and flat and hilly um, you know there is there are just a lot of flavors to running and the more flavors you add, the more interesting it'll be and the more rewarding it will be. Yeah. Well, I think these are all good tips. I just want to quickly recap, because you know, we covered a lot of ground, and just want to quickly recap everything we talked about. And so the basic tips for preparing for a 5K, any distance, if, if you're getting back into it or actually just training for the first time, you know, the first thing is go see a physician we like to encourage people to run, but there are certain situations where that's not good for everybody. Right. So make sure that you are in a place where you can do the training. Second, get the proper equipment, and that's mainly shoes. As we like to say, protect your feet. If your feet go out, you're not going to even be walking anywhere. So you want to make <laughs> sure those you're serving your feet well. And then you know, start giving yourself the right positive attitude and uh, state of mind to achieve your goals. It's going to be a lot of work along the way and with some ups and downs, but um, you got to be talking right to yourself. And if you need any help on learning how to do that, I suggest you check out the book, A Little Engine That Could. Um, <laughs> well, yeah. That's, that's a good, good lesson in giving yourself that, that opportunity to succeed and not holding yourself back. Yeah, I think you had said in an earlier podcast that the... Uh, you know, you don't, you, you, people don't complete something that they say they can't, you right. know, so. And then uh, cross-train. If you're doing the same thing over and over and over again, one, you're going to get bored with it, and two, you're going to leave yourself open to injury. Yes. Your, your body can do way more things than just one activity. It's pretty a pretty versatile machine. Uh, so, so definitely make use of it. Um, and start small. Um, you know, the, the best way to train for a 5K, actually, is just to start off with a walk. And not going out for a marathon, trying to run a marathon your first time. Right. Um, re take reasonable steps, and you know you'll get where you're going to go eventually. Might might take longer than you you would hope, but at least you're going to get there. If you go out too fast, you're not going to get there at all. I mean, another fable: tortoise in the hair. Exactly. You know? <laughs> uh, slow and steady wins the race. Yeah. And the, the, the goal is to finish the race. You don't want to burn out. Right, and that, that, I think that's a good point. Winning is finishing, yeah. injury-free, and that's uh, that's a really good and 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 comp uh, compete with yourself. Yeah, there are always going to be better runners, with a few exceptions in this world. There's always going to be a better runner than you. Yeah, you know, and so the one runner that you can always compete with, and always improve on a little bit is yourself, and erase the clock. Yeah. Um, next is, you know, train with your friends or family, you know, provides more entertainment, makes it a more interesting activity, more fun for you. You know, it's good for them. Maybe they'll run the race with you then, right. you know, um, makes the whole thing a lot better and you're much more likely to succeed with, you have that accountability and you have someone to go with through you. If you're doing it by yourself, it just, there's nothing there to keep you moving forward. It's a lot easier 
for you to quit, especially if you're having struggles with uh, the positive self-talk. Exactly. So if you, you're struggling with positive self-talk, having a friend out there giving you the, the positive um, support, you know, that's, that's a good way to keep, keep moving towards your goals. And then, uh, you know, finally, just with your training, you know, set that goal. You're not going to get anywhere without a goal. Um, it, it's just the best start. You, you, can't, you can't have a finish if you don't have a good start. And that, that setting, setting the finish line is the way to start. Exactly. Um, plan your strategy and how you're going to get there. You, you don't go from point A to point C. You've got to go A, B, then C. And you gotta, knowing how you're going to do that is the only way you're going you're gonna to reach that goal. And then just you know, all the other things. You've got to do all the training pieces that we said, you know, intervals, distance, uh, sprints. You know, hydrating properly, feel eating the right things, doing the ancillary activities like the strength training, the core, uh, stretching, warm. You know, getting enough sleep. You know, all these things are necessary to keep you moving forward at the best pace possible. Right. And if you don't do these things, yeah, you might get there, but you might not get there in the shape you want. And you might be causing some problems for yourself in the future. Right. And I'm glad you mentioned the, the sleep real quickly because um, a lot of times people say they don't have time in their day to run or to, to you know, fit it in. And if you're getting up earlier in the morning to fit it in, you're getting less sleep. And a lot of times that can wear down your body. So to make sure that if you are making that adjustment in the schedule, you're also going to bed a little bit earlier in the evening so you're still getting what you need to be functioning properly throughout the day. Yeah. Well, I think these are all good points. Uh, we're going to link to uh, a lot of other resources in the show notes to help you train for your first 5K. We wish you all the best of luck in that. There's a lot of races out there um, and a lot of different courses, so you can find a challenge that's just right for you. Um, and hopefully, if you're looking for an event, please check out fitenable.net. we got a lot of races coming up ourselves, and they're perfect for first-time and very novice athletes. Yeah. So yeah, it's a good experience for you to start start your competitive career. We hope to see you there. Um, please uh, subscribe to our channel or on YouTube and uh, on iTunes if you like our show. And we'd love to he hear some feedback from you, whether it's leaving a review on iTunes or some comments on Facebook or YouTube. We want your feedback. We want to know what kind of questions you're asking that we can help you answer to help you train at the highest of your abilities. Right. And honestly, too, some of our listeners have great, great tips, too, that we can share. And so if you have a great tip that's worked well for you or somebody you know, share that, too. You could be your own little Internet coach. <laughs> <laughs> Well, thank you for joining us this week, and we will see you guys next time. See you at the races. <laughs>